swagger on point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Ta Back to Black and White podcast. I'm Daniel Negro, live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today, this is our fifth episode. And uh, we're going to be covering the uh, post-match of Juve Milan in the Coppa Italia semifinal that just happened yesterday. Uh, it was an interesting game, you could say. Uh, kicked off the start of the restart of Italian football. And um, yeah, we got a lot of uh, different opinions online. And uh, I would have liked to have done this yesterday, but it was so boring in the second half that I passed out after the game. So you're going to get it tonight. But um Anyways, just before we uh, we continue and bring my guest on, uh, I could just ask you guys if you could please sub- uh, smash the subscribe, drop a like, um, hit the bell for notifications so that you guys are aware of when the new podcasts come out, if you like to watch it on YouTube. Also, uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify. Again, subscribe, and that'll keep you up to date on when every podcast come out, comes out. And uh, yeah, because there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a busy summer, so there's going to be a lot of previews podcasts different projects going on so uh that would be awesome if you guys could support that way and it gets the message out to people who haven't heard the podcast and also uh for people who want to hear the podcast so um so without further ado um i'd like to introduce my guest who uh i met on the uh whatsapp group uh he reached out to me saying he wanted to come on and you know we've been on a streak now i think this is two in a row of new guests and people have been uh, new to podcasting so uh like i said before it's it would have been easy to have a list of people who i could have just been like hey come on that have been on multiple podcasts for me that's not kind of what we want to do we want to hear different stories different messages so felix from omaha how's it going buddy welcome to the show doing pretty well how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good um I was telling you before the show, I found uh, there must not be a lot of uh, Juve fans in Nebraska. Hopefully, maybe uh, with these groups, someone will be able to reach out to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, hopefully so. Because uh, we'd like to meet some new people around the Midwest where we can get together and watch games and all that. So, Yeah, no, it's... Um, and you're of, like you told me before, you're of Italian descent, so... How's the how's kind of the community? Is I'm assuming there's not too many. It's kind of like Calgary. There's not a big group of Italian uh, heritage, or is there? Is there? What? How? How is that in Nebraska? So I, there there isn't many of us here. Um, 
I used to go to this uh, small Italian shop where, where you can buy, you know, your olive oil and all that and um, cannolis and all that stuff. But um, they, unfortunately, they closed. Oh, that's, um, so yeah. that's one thing that I had, you know, that, that was one of my favorite spots here in Omaha. But unfortunately, um, uh, we don't have it anymore. But. Well, that's too bad. Um yeah, there's I think there's about a there's about ten thousand Cana- uh Italian Canadian in Calgary. So not a huge group compared to the bigger cities like Toronto or Vancouver, but um definitely we have some great places here. Um but uh anyways, as tradition of uh new guests on podcasts, uh we'd like to hear uh, how you became a Juve fan, you know. Where do you watch your game? What types of games? Your favorite players? Do you have any brothers or sisters that are Milan or Inter fans? <laughs> but the floor is yours. So uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of background, um, my grandfather, he was born in, in the Italian Alps uh, in a small town uh, in the Alps, which is about two hours away from Torino and about three hours away from Genova. Um, so he, he kind of passed that down to my dad. Um, my dad, obviously, a uh, person that he's very proud from where he comes from and, uh, and all the things that involve that. So uh, basically Juventus um, grew on him. He wasn't really a, a big fan, but it's, it's one of those people that that regardless if they're a fan or not, that they're proud of, of what the, the region offers, what the teams are and all that. Um, so thank God uh, uh, they chose Juventus because I'm pretty sure they could have easily chosen uh, Torino or Genoa. Uh, so I was fortunate enough that um, my dad told me, hey, this is a team we follow. This is... This is um, the best team in Italy, so be proud of it. Um, I remember uh, my dad in his office, he used to have this uh, poster from the 2001-2002 season with all the Juventus players, and I was always wondering who those guys were when I was a little kid. Um, And that grew up on me. I was like, okay, so this is what we follow. This is what we do. This is is our blood. and since since that moment, I've had that poster in my room, um, and it's it's been a big part of my life. Uh, you know, when I was a little kid, I, I would I wouldn't be a fan as as I am right now, where where I you know study the history, uh, look back, watch videos of of the players that that basically uh, carried this emblem. Um, but you know, I, I would still follow the games and all that, I would still be, you know, rooting for the team. But I would say the point where I really became uh, a student of the history of Juventus uh, was when I was about um, 13 years old after the World Cup of 2006 that we won. Um, I started studying the team, the history, all the players, and which is a little unfortunate because we know what happened. Uh, during that time um, with Juventus, but um, yep. but it, it kind of made me feel like, hey, if if you really love this team, you're gonna stick around it, and and that's what happened. So I'm 
really proud that that, that happened, and I'm I'm glad that we're back to tough flight. So. Yeah, and I'm guessing like like the same for me. It was pretty tough following the team when you were a kid because you had to have some kind of special package, or they didn't even have the type of package. I know there was like a flip flop of who had the rights and who didn't. Obviously, you told me before you were from the Dominican Republic, correct? So yes. Was it diff Was it difficult back then to watch or? Did they have a, like a, a channel there where they they showed all international sports? Obviously, I'm guessing you could get a lot of the American channels, right? But uh, we're in Canada; we can't get stuff like ESPN. Our government uh, has to have a certain amount, so we have a channel that's called TSN, which is essentially the same thing as ESPN, but a Canadian version. So we'll get like direct feeds from obviously college football and stuff like that. And I know you said you're. Are you a Cornhusker fan? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not a Cornhusker corn fan, but, you know, I, I just moved to Omaha not too long ago, but I guess it will grow on me, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever tell if I'm a fan of something unless I really feel like I feel about Juventus, you know, where, where if we lose the game, that ruins my weekend. <laughs> if we win the game, then my weekend's going to be good, you know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in, in Latin America, uh, we do we did have packages, and we still have. Um, so we would have ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN three. Uh, we would have um, Fox Sports, Fox Sports one, and we would also have uh, Rai. So okay. we would we would have the ability to watch a game uh, on Rai, which was definitely my favorite with the Italian commentators. Uh, the quality wasn't the best, but it was good that um, they would do a recap of all the goals and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I goal. yeah, I love that show. Uh, I I don't, as I said, I don't watch it anymore because basically here in North America we have to use ESPN Plus to watch Serie A. But yeah, I've always had the the opportunity and the luck to to be able to watch the games, and fortunately enough for me. Uh, for some reason, ESPN and Fox Sports were uh, leaning towards Juventus, so we would be able to watch most of the games. Yeah, and they're one of the well, we're one of the bigger teams, right? So that's always, I always feel bad for you know uh, fans of smaller teams in Serie A because they were never going to get the rub. So you know, we when I looked at Champions League, they would always show the English teams up here, right? So. It was very difficult to watch because if, if Man City or Man U is playing, you're not going to be on TV or you'll be on some package where you have to spend an exorbitant amount of money and uh, all of that's kind of changed now. But like I said, we didn't even, as as I guess you could say, as modern as Canada was at one point, you'd think they'd have, we didn't even have Rye for the longest time. It was a channel called, uh, and a lot of people know, Tele Latino where they would show games there and then the score, which was a smaller sports channel. So it was, it was, it was definitely difficult, but uh, you know, and then obviously once you find out what a, an illegal stream was, then it was, it was no problem <laughs> to watch any of the games, but uh, we won't talk too much about that. We don't want to get in any trouble, but yeah, no, it's uh it was a great story. And um, 
Yeah, I think I think it's uh, different for everybody, right? Like uh, some people did, some people were older, some people were younger, but at the end of the day, the love, the passion, is the same. And I think it's really great to hear different stories from all around the world. So thank you for that, Felix. Now uh, we're gonna get into some news. There's not too much, obviously. We had the game to discuss, but um, you know something that really pissed me off the night before. Um, and I'm guessing is the reason why I passed out after the game. Another thing is I get up at four in the morning to see what this damn releases is for extraordinary fans, as they're calling it, or extraordinary collectors, excuse me. And um, I think I said it best in a tweet yesterday, and it was, I can't believe I woke up at 4 a.m. for this to realize the drop was at 2 a.m., to then realize they released a fucking boxed authentic jersey with no signature on it. What are your thoughts on that, man? <laughs> you know, I I feel like if you're an extreme collector, as you said, you would you would try to buy it at least, you know, because because it's something you know it's a collectible at the end of the day. But but somebody like me, who I consider myself somebody that doesn't collect as much, if I see a jersey and I like it, I'll buy it. But it would never uh, come out of my mind to go out and, and buy something like this. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I love this team. I love this club. This is, this is basically part of my life. But to, to feel like that and, and, and to love this club as much as you do and, and, and having the conviction of not even thinking of buying this, it's it's a lot to say. It, it talks a lot about what Juventus is doing. Uh, I think they could have done a better job. I mean, if if we had the, the jersey signed by Dybala or Ronaldo, that that would be something way different. Uh, it, it takes it to another level. But uh, it, it would feel like I'm buying uh, just a normal jersey for me. Yeah. And and like you said, I I would probably consider myself an extreme collector, and I don't want that jersey at all. It's they essentially put the the Adidas, so Adidas I guess uses a number system for their sizes, and it's essentially basically you can go get your authentic jersey for about a hundred euro cheaper, and uh, save make yourself a nice cardboard box. Put the number on top of it, spray painted black, and you got the same thing. Yeah, for 250 euros, I mean, I don't know who came up with this in the marketing department, but it was honestly, I think it's going to be, I think those will go on sale pretty soon. So when everyone, uh, uh, when 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 everyone uh, can just wait a couple weeks and you can get your exact size Kilini jersey. I mean, I know the Dybala and Ronaldo one sold out, but I think it just. I think it's disrespect to the fans that you release something like that with not even uh, a signature on the back of it. Of Kili- I know there was about, I believe it was six players they had. Again, the Ronaldo ones and the Dybala ones sold out. But no, I thought I th- there were, there was a whole bunch of rumors, right? Was it going to be those shoes coming out? Was it going to be the Socios t-shirt that was apparently rumored to come out? But no, I don't think they should be doing that as a as a club. You can't be. That's just a cash grab at the end of the day. Let's call it as it is. Um, into the next piece of news, Dybala contract, hopefully uh, finalizing. I know Paratici said that uh, they're going to get it done in the interview before the match today or yesterday. 
And um, yeah, uh, it seems like Dybala was putting the pressure on. So we'll see. It seems like it's taken forever with this contract. I don't know how you feel, Felix, but um, just seems like we've been hearing this like for a year and a half now, and they still haven't been able to get the job done. So, yeah. So I I do believe we need to get this done. I I think. Uh, great part of uh, keeping a player happy and, and such a player like Dybala who has proven that he is Juventus material that he has proven that he wants to stay he wants to play for this club I mean you, you got you got to get this done um, I, we don't know what's going behind the scenes we don't know if if Dybala's agents are you know pushing for for more and, and what we're hearing from Dybala is a different story but I think uh, as a club, and if if you wanna if you wanna have Dybala as your cap, future captain, you, you already gave him the number ten, which is basically an emblem for for Juventus. I think we need to be able to get this done and, and get it get it get it in the past. I mean, we we need to uh, be able to respect uh, basically one of our best players, if not the best. And we need to make that statement. We need to be able to say, hey, uh, we want you to stay as well. I know your desire is to stay. Uh, we know we had a, a rough moment last year where, where there were conversations about you leaving. But um, we want you to stay. Let's make this work. Let's get it done. Let's meet. Let's meet a day and let's, let's make it work. Yeah, hopefully that uh, hopefully that'll come quickly. I mean... When when you pay when you pay Ronaldo thirty one million and he puts out a performance like yesterday, you kind of wonder why it's holding. You're what you're holding up for for a guy that's probably going to be generational, like you said, wearing the famous number ten jersey and for someone who's really given his all, I believe, to the club and to not sign for like two three million is kind of ridiculous. You know, twelve with whether it be twelve million, fifteen million, or ten million, whatever the number is going to be. Obviously, they've been discussing, right? So, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's taken so long. But uh, also this morning, thanks to Felix, I appreciate you bringing this up. Uh, Chiellini uh, apparently has agreed to a one-year extension. Obviously, for this, it'll end at the end of. Uh, I think what Fabrizio Romano was trying to say is at the end of. 2021-2022 season. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess one more year on for our captain, which I think is pretty uh, straightforward. Um, but, yeah, let's get into the match. Um, kind of, uh, I'll just kind of go over the stats of the match before we kind of have our opinions go through. But, um, so we had, uh, obviously, the majority of the possession, which was pretty straightforward. They had a red card, so... 63 for us, 37 for them. We had 25 shots to Milan's nine, um, 13 corners. And uh, it was a pretty gritty match. There was uh, a lot of fouls. And obviously we'll get into the red card and the uh, the penalties, but or the penalty, excuse me. Um, so yeah, just generally, Felix, what was your thought of the match? Don't get, not too specifically, but just in general, how did you feel Obviously, the first game back, and um, yeah, what'd you think? So yeah, uh, oh, first of all, I just want to say that that I'm happy that we're back. 
uh, we were talking about canceling the season and and not playing until next year. That's something that when you think about it, you were so excited about what you could could offer um, during this time. And, and then talking about canceling the season, that's that's pretty big talk. Uh, that's something that I don't I don't recall ever uh, leaving through something like that. That's something new for me. Um, so just happy to be back um, to see the guys play and do their, their best out there. But I, I can't deny I was a little disappointed with the, you know, with the score, not with the result, but with the score. I kind of wanted to celebrate once again uh, a goal. Yeah. Regardless if it was, uh, you know, an auto goal or, or, or whatever, a tap in or a screamer, I just wanted to be able to scream, celebrate that goal. <laughs> However, I, I do believe, uh, you know, we got the, the, the result that we needed. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy that we are in the final. So I can't deny that um, that brings me joy regardless of what the score was. So pretty happy to be back. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think a lot of people got excited. There was a lot of excited fans uh, after the game about how similar it was to how we were playing. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly happy in, into the later part of the game of how, what we were doing, but, you know, I'm not really shocked. I'm going to kind of wait to, you know, start getting angry as I usually am. I mean, it's the first game back after how many months of layoffs. So we kind I kind of expected what to happen to happen. Like I said, I agree with you. I wish we there were some goals, but um, we definitely started well. And um, just going over the kind of how the formations were um, on the Milan side, it was pretty much everything we'd, we'd expected. Um, the only thing for us was that there was the question of whether Kadira was going to start or not. And uh, thankfully, he was on the bench. And it was that uh, Pjanic was uh, going to fill in the Regista role. And obviously, Bentoncourt are going to be on the right side, Matuidi on the left side. And then uh, a change that was that I didn't think was going to happen, but Danilo had start, was going to be uh, starting on the right back. So... I'll kind of go minute by minute to kind of explain, you know, some of the key moments. Um, initially, we came out well, you know, from the first minute to about the 30th minute, I would say. We were pressing like crazy. And uh, that's kind of what I predicted, but I obviously didn't believe that it was actually going to happen because, you know, you know, watching Juve, we usually come out sluggish and uh, we kind of sit back. But we're actually pressing a lot. Like we were winning, we were battling for every ball, winning a lot of balls. Um, obviously, in the 16th minute, there was a handball uh, far penalty review, which went in our way. Um, unfortunately, Ronaldo hits the post, <laughs> and then it, and then a turn of fate, the ball goes back the other way, and Rebic, I don't know what he was doing, but he was kicking for the stars or something, but he. He basically tried to take Danilo's head off, and he gets a straight red. Um, you know, looking further, some other key moments. Uh, Matuidi in the 30th minute had an amazing chance from uh, a Danilo uh, cross, and um, I 
couldn't believe he didn't score that, but Donnarumma saved that. Um, then again, there was a couple. There's a couple moments where I couldn't believe that we we had like uh, we were moving well. We were moving the ball well for the most part. I mean, to after that 30th minute mark, you could tell it was kind of like the the legs were kind of going a little bit. You know, maybe the players weren't used to it. They kind of catch their breath after the like the sprint that we got into. So um, it was definitely still had possession, but the ball wasn't moving as quick as I would have liked. But we were still pretty accurate, I would say, on the ball. Um, then obviously in the 47th minute in the first half, Ronaldo made a run. It was a little bit too far. Uh, after the halftime, Dybala had some pretty. Uh, I think Dybala was pretty. Pretty uh, pretty good performance. Not amazing. The link up with Ronaldo was kind of difficult, but you know he had a couple good shots in and around. Uh, obviously, the 47th minute was one of them. And then in the 54th minute, which pissed me off, I don't know about you, Felix, but uh, Bentancourt makes a nice. We have a nice counter with Bentancourt going to D- Douglas Costa, and then he lays off a nice ball to Ronaldo, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna go and just take it in and bury it. Well. He gets just look like he quit on that one, and the defender gets to him, gets to the ball before he does, and it's a non-chance. So I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't his game. I'm not. I wasn't very happy with Ronaldo in this game. But um, yeah, then just some other chances. 57 minute, uh, we win the ball back, and Ronaldo DiBala gives the ball to Ronaldo on the on a, on the break. And just indecision again, skies the ball. Then we get everyone's worst nightmare in the in the in the 62nd minute with the triple sub of Kadira, Rabio, and Bernardeschi. And everyone thinks they're in a bad dream because we're all getting those guys subbed on at once. But obviously, these are the new rules now. You have to uh, you can have five subs, but obviously only with three at uh, three different times. Which was interesting though, because we changed to a four-three-one-two. Um, and uh, it looked like Bernardeschi was playing in behind, obviously, Ronaldo and uh, Dybala, but Ronaldo's still central for the most part throughout the whole game. Um, then in the 64th minute, we see Iguain caught on his phone doing what, <laughs> whatever the hell he was doing, but and just a funny moment there, which is gonna get which I've seen being memed like crazy now. So, uh, yeah, um, 69th minute, Berna goes for, from making a stupid play and almost costing us the ball to then making a nice run and a, a decent opportunity on the other end. So, you know, story of Berna's life. Um, Delict was then had also, I would say, had a, a very good game. Um, had a header that was off of, uh, defo- obviously, there was a corner. Everyone was like, everyone was joking about him being a false nine, but no, the only reason he was up there was because it was after a corner. And yeah, he was pretty close. If the defender didn't uh, deflect it, I'm pretty sure that would have been a goal. Then the the preceding, the, the next corner after that, he also had another chance and then goes down the field and makes a huge block on one of Milan's chances. I found from about, I want to say from the 60th to about the like 80th minute, Milan was kind of really picking it up, 
really ramping it up. And in the 78th minute, there was a dangerous header that tested, uh, obviously went wide, but, you know, definitely made your uh, your stomach drop. Then Rabiot with a golf chip. I don't know what he was thinking about doing in the 80th. Some more bad control from Ronaldo bounces off his chest and gives it away. Then Quadrado comes on in the 86th for Danilo. Um and he brought some real pace, I found, to the wing. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing special for chances. We were still pushing. We were moving our ball, the ball around from left to right, trying to make some passes. But it was nothing really penetrating. Nothing really too crazy. Um, uh, Kadira gets a ball from Ronaldo, but he couldn't get on the end of it at the end. And pretty much just shows that he's a garbage footballer and really shouldn't be on this team. That just confer- His sub just confirmed that he doesn't belong here. Um, and then in injury time, it was just holding on for the 0-0 and, you know, wasting time and, you know, making sure that they didn't score. Because as I made them, they made the mistake in the chat. I don't know if you noticed, but I thought that for some reason they had the away goal. And I'm like, well, why the hell? What, what's going on? Why are the players not uh, picking it up? But obviously that wasn't the case. We were playing at home. Maybe that maybe it was the empty stadium that confused the crap out of me. But uh, yeah, no, we're through to the the Coppa Italia final. Um, but anyways, I know that was a long kind of monologue. But kind of, what were your thoughts on on kind of the, the different moments? Obviously, uh, once you finish that, we'll get into. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about the penalty and the red card. But just your thoughts on some of the different events that happened in the game, Felix. Yes, yeah, so um, I feel like we started pretty well. Um, I was surprised because I was like, well, we, we haven't played for a while, but this looks pretty good. It seems like Saki had a good talk with the guys, good sessions with the guys, and uh, they were able to to implement the idea right away. Um, the first five minutes, Milan didn't even touch the ball, which is uh, surprising because – uh, a lot of times we, we lose the ball with uh, short passes and, and it's kind of shared the yeah. possession. But I feel like we did a pretty good job. Um, that pressure that we had with Bentancur uh, moving forward, um, Matuidi moving forward, um, and, and kind of not letting uh, Milan uh, get the ball to the, to the four players that they had up front. Um, so I think we did well there. The penalty was a result of um, of all that pressure. Uh, we had we had certain opportunities there that we should have capitalized and we didn't. But thanks to the pressure that we were implementing in those first uh, 15 minutes, uh, I think that's that's the reward we got that penalty. Um, after the penalty, we saw that handball uh, uh, from Conti, uh, which which caused the penalty. Um, that's basically, uh, some people are saying, oh, that's not a penalty. That was, that was too fast. Um, they, they were, the, the play was going too fast and he didn't have control of his hands. But I mean, with, the, with this far and all that, it's a clear penalty. Um, after that, we had a, the Rebic red card. Um, and then we 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 had Bonaventura go uh, on a challenge. I can't remember uh, what the player was, 
but he he got a yellow card, and it just shows you how out of shape uh, the players are and how much time they haven't played. Um, I certainly believe if if we have played the entire game, 11 versus 11, uh, we would have scored because Milan's idea was to get a get an early goal. They were, they were going after it. Um, but after that red card, I feel like uh, Milan just went back, settled. Uh, they just wanted the first half to go away. So they just dropped back and, and, and they did a decent job at keeping us. Um, I want to say Romagnoli and, and ja, uh, Simon Jair, uh, they did a pretty good job um, controlling the defense. And, and then you had the midfielders drop back. And it was basically Juventus versus a nine-man defense after that. So not a whole lot of joy after that red card. Uh, the game kind of dropped its pace. Juventus realized that. I think Sarri knew what Milan was going to be doing for the next um, uh, 25 minutes of the first half. And so we just continued doing our passing. Uh, the, the intensity dropped back a little bit because um, we kind of had the game controlled at that point. Um, after, the, after the second half starts, then I think uh, Juventus um, again um, had the advantage, more pressure. Uh, but I think Milan realized that they needed that goal and they, they were refreshed by the half. The, the, they, they had the opportunity to, to rest. And so they, they tried a little bit more, to try to get that early goal to put us uh, back in the game, to put them back in the game. Um, however, I, I think uh, Juventus um, did a good job at defense too. I mean, to lead and Bonucci. Controlled the game pretty well. Bonucci was a little shaky at times, uh, as usual, but I think uh, we did a pretty good job at holding them back whenever they did or tried the counterattack. Um, another thing I noticed was when um, they made the substitution for the Three Stooges. <laughs> um, I, I, I knew right away that we were going to drop the intensity and, and basically... Sarri made the game 10 versus 10. You could you could see that Milan had more confidence now. You could see Milan players dribbling through Kedira and Kedira just opening his arms like, oh, I'm not going to touch him because if I touch him, it's a foul. And, and it basically leveled again. Uh, they had a couple of chances after that. We did too. And the game was a little bit more leveled because we were basically uh, missing the presence of Kedira in there. So... Uh, as I said, not, not, we could have gotten uh, better luck with the shots that we took, um, and the game would have easily been a two to nothing. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't score, and uh, we had to settle for a little, a little bit of a boring zero zero. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's not so, I, like I, like you said, a lot of people were expecting goals, and it would have been nice to celebrate, but. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, with the penalty, for me, honestly, I I know what the rules are. I wouldn't have given it. I thought it was a little too cheap. It was kind of close. He did extend a little bit, but it was nothing, I would say, nothing malicious. I mean, we don't want the handball to be used for all these like little nicks and knacks. 
So to me, I would have necessarily given it, but I definitely didn't think he was going to miss the penalty. That's for sure. I was I was shocked when it hit the post. I was like, like, is this really going on right now? Is this is this really how this year is going to go on? But um, then the red card, yeah, red card. I think, like you said, it was. I saw it as a straight red, no question. I know there's a lot of Milan fans on the uh, IFTV stream that were just crying about how oh we had the refs in our favor as usual, but. No, I think it was without question a straight red. His boot shouldn't have been that far. And he kind of looks to the ball and he doesn't look for he's looking forward, but he's not necessarily seeing if there's anyone there to to hit. And then obviously they collide. So and what I really like too is um, you know, some of the successes of the game. The wingers, Danilo and Alexandra had a really good game, I found. And obviously towards the end, I mean, the crosses maybe weren't as great, but the way they started and how they were getting up into the attack and helping play the ball to either Matuidi or Ronaldo or whoever, um, and just helping out where more more they were kind of, I find they kind of sat back a little bit and they were a little bit too far back when they were trying to pass that ball uh, in obviously the first part of the season. Um, but no, I really liked in winning the ball back. Danilo was kind of, uh, he was doing a lot of work on that right-hand side. You know, Pjanic, for the, for, for the most part, I think was okay in the, the beginning. You know, he was, being the regi- he was playing in the register role. He wasn't coming too far up. Some people were saying he was inexistent. I really didn't notice that till we kind of slowed down where it was like really he wasn't doing much, but I thought he was still moving the ball fine in the first 30 minutes. Um, some other key things. I thought there was some good movement. Like you said, Bentoncourt was making some great runs. I think he was our best player in the game. Um, he was making good runs, good decisions, tackles, winning the ball back. Um Matuidi was getting in good areas, um, but I was expecting that kind of lull to happen because, I mean, you can only go after a layoff like this, you can only go hyper for so long and then you kind of have to, and then obviously there's a red card, so it gives you a little bit of space to play with. Obviously, we don't want that mentality in other games. I think kind of if we can continue on with that pressing and that style, it shows perfectly what Sari wanted to implement. Um, but, yeah, it was unfortunate we slipped up there. And then, again, after the second half, we had that little boost of energy. But then, again, like you said, with the three subs, it was um, it was okay. Quadrado, I liked. I thought he was going to come on. I liked to see. Obviously, he only had, like, about eight minutes. Um, but he had some good pace. Douglas Costa was running as well. I liked him. Uh, throughout the game um, I'm surprised he got pulled off but what can you do so kind of some other key things um, what did you think about uh, Delict? I think had a good game um, what do you think the link between Dybala and Ronaldo I know a lot of people were talking about it uh, what's your thoughts so uh, since the beginning of the game I started to notice that the link between Dybala and Ronaldo was non-existent. Um, and not even like, whenever you say two forwards and not linking, sometimes you're, you're saying, oh, 
this forward tried to pass the ball uh, like two forward, two, two to the back. So I feel like simple passes to each other, they were missing. Like that was, some say it's a lack of concentration. Maybe Ronaldo was still thinking about that, um, that a penalty that he missed. But also you could see Dybala misplacing some passes to him. Right. It seemed like both of them wanted to carry ball at some points and where Dybala was trying to create something and you would see Ronaldo just right next to him expecting to get the ball. Um, it was kind of like, uh, like let me, let me do it myself or, or, yeah. or, or not. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, you don't want to see that on a team, especially like Juventus. We we need to have Ronaldo making the runs when when Dybala is trying to to create something and, and vice versa. Um, so that I think that was one of the negative uh, sides of things that that I really saw. I really like Douglas Costa at the front. Uh, I think he's scrappy. He 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 gets the ball. He he tries to do something with it. Uh, especially from that left side, making some crosses. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see him being, you know, like, oh, let me try to create it myself, kind of thing. Like we saw Dybala and Ronaldo. Um, Costa was more uh, trying to play with the team, trying to make the crosses, trying to get the ball to the forwards. So that that was a positive thing. Um, one thing about uh, Delit and Bonucci, I think they were pretty solid, uh, both of them. Um, more the lit than Bonucci. Bonucci had an, an, a moment where he was almost going to cause a penalty where he pushed uh, Simon, Simon Yair. Yeah. And that would that would have been easily called a penalty if, if the referee was moving towards that, you know? So well, I think it was... I, I saw them talking about it on uh, Rai after the game. When you look at it again... I think he a little he made a little bit of an embellishment. Like there was contact, yes, but it wasn't like he like shouldered him really hard. He kind of right. he felt he felt the contact and then he kind of was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, they could have called it because you know we I've seen I've seen less called uh during matches. So there was definitely a contact there, but so he's gotta be careful with that. And that and there's some moments too, I think like you were saying, he he looked a little bit kind of out of sorts where out of place out of my so yeah i think i think that's but uh, no definitely on delict i think uh he was making key blocks he was going into the obviously the attack when he had to and uh yeah no i definitely think uh those were that's a bright spot at least we can get those two back obviously we don't know when Kilini's gonna come back and how that's gonna change things if that means delict goes to the bench or uh, or not, or Bonucci goes to the bench, or whatever. But um, because I know we're gonna have to use rotation, plain and simple. But uh, so they might not risk Kilini and just keep him, uh, keep him aside as long as he needs, so he can get back to a hundred and maybe play those two for a little bit. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I definitely think that defense was a positive for this game. Uh, not only the lead and Bonucci, but both uh, Sandro and Danilo. Um, basically, Sandro told us with this game that all he needs is a little bit of rest. Um, yep. That he needs to be rotated. He can be the left back that we need, that that we know of. 
Um, he he excels at it defensively and also moving moving forward. He's an excellent left back. He just needs somebody uh, to rotate with him. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have that player. Um, one positive thing about Danilo is not only that this performance that he had, but also that it gives Sarri another option right, um, right back. Um, that we know if we play a very, you know, difficult team that that attacks a lot, we can play in there, you know. Uh, somebody that probably will make a little bit less mistakes than Cuadrado because Cuadrado is often cut off guard being up front. Um, so it's good to have this player where we can count on and we can uh, rest Cuadrado and, and definitely have him there and, and put up performances like this. I think one of the best crosses yesterday was given by Danilo. Um, yeah. Definitely Matuidi had to score that, um, but I think Matuidi is too focused on, on passing the ball correctly that when he sees a keeper and he shots, he, he shoots he straight. Yeah. Yeah. So froze him. Which, which I don't think it's it's a bad thing. Uh, Matuidi did what, what he usually does, um, control the the mid the midfield defense, uh try to rec- recover uh the possession. Uh, sometimes move forward and, and try to create an opportunity. Um, I did notice a lot of Juventus players didn't pass him the ball when he was in, in good positions because they, they understand the limitations that he has. But definitely, uh, he didn't do a bad job. I think he, he did what he can, and, and, and that's what he, he can do. He, he doesn't offer much more than that. Yeah, I think uh, another important thing to note is today kind of really solidified the the idea that the midfield needs to be relooked at. Like, obviously, we're gonna have to, and like I said, we're gonna make it work. And hopefully, these guys get better; uh, they get more match fit and stuff like that. But when you look at the subs in the second half, and you're like, do we really have the depth that we? we think we have and that we'll need in this time. And I mean, when you like Kadira to me is lost cause I don't, I can't wait till his contract is done. I know he's going to sit out till he's going. I mean, like you said, Matuidi was good. I think he did what he needed to do. Nothing special. You're not going to get anything really special, but Hey, you need players like that. So I can't complain about Matuidi. Um, Bernardeschi, I found that he did make some good runs. Um, but, again, some sloppy touches. Again, he had that one action where he almost coughed up the ball in her own end. Um, so I think he's, he's going to have to pick up his socks a little bit and improve. Rabiot, nothing really. I mean, he had that one chip. I don't know what he was doing. I thought he was going to crank the ball. And it was just like everyone was like, what the hell? And then, you know, I think, you know, like every, everyone talks about a lot of players, you know, like, oh, why don't we put uh, Pjanic in like more of an offensive role like Medzala or even like uh, center attacking mid. I just, I don't think he has the legs anymore. Like, I, re- I really don't think he's got the legs to run. He barely moves now. And I mean, it's one thing to say, just try it, whatever. But I think these games are too important now to 
to start being like, oh, just, I mean, unless we get an injury and we have to make those decisions, that's a different story. But I think with Pjanic, I think it's the right time to move on. I mean, we'll see what he bring, what he can bring forward in the next couple games. But, um, yeah, I didn't really see, I think we're really lacking for Ramsey. And, again, I think we need to start moving on with a lot of these players. And um, they're just not up to quality. But, again, I think positive notes to take out, like I said, first game. Um, obviously, the the defensive side was solid. The attacking was really good at at points. Um, Ronaldo, I'm not going to be too... I think he had his probably worst game uh, with Juve. Um, but I'm not going to be too critical. I probably was during the game. I probably even cursed him out during the game. But... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get too critical with it. I think there's room improvement for everybody. I find, though, that he does lack a little mentality. I think we should get into... Everyone talks about this mentality he has, and I've just noticed, I don't, and I don't know if you have, towards the end of games where we've been playing a lot, or obviously this is coming off a break, he kind of just lulls and like kind of is on his own. He'll like stop running a lot of the times unless the ball kind of goes to him. Maybe spaces out a little bit. And I find that when you have a player that we allow to do whatever, right? Like you look at the beginning, there was a lot of movement. Dybala was coming on the left. Douglas Costa was going on the right. Everyone was kind of moving around. I find after the 30 minutes, we were set to, okay, Douglas Costa was on the left. Ronaldo's going to say central. And Dybala was a little bit too far out. And then you lose kind of Dybala's you know, shine of like coming in and making and and uh, and providing some damage that way and some spark where he can come in. He was too far out, and I found that's why the connection wasn't that great. Again, first game, some passes. Okay, Ronaldo thought he was going to go left, and he went right, or whatever, and vice versa. So that's expected, but I find, and I've always questioned this, giving Ronaldo his kind of own role and letting him do what he wants kind of thing. And I know Roman was touching on it on his live that he did during the game. And it's like, when you pay someone that kind of money, and the cl- and obviously, again, like I said, I don't want to get too into it and too hard on him, but when you're paying that kind of money and it's you're looking for that clinical edge and you're not getting that, I think it really brings the team down and... Then again, you're not getting them in the most defensive of positions where sometimes you'll see Dybala come back or uh, Douglas Costa come back and help out where he's kind of isolated at the top. And I find it just it sometimes puts us in difficult positions. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on kind of the attacking, kind of how it was moving? I like to see, him, I like to see them moving in different positions because it seemed like it was causing a lot of problems. Obviously, the clinical finish wasn't there, but, you know, Striker Ronaldo is I don't think what we're I don't think what we need is uh central for or a striker number nine Ronaldo. So um my thoughts on, on Ronaldo, he's definitely a winner. Um somebody with the mentality of a winner like Ronaldo, you you, you said it yourself, you, you were kind of cursing at him and, and all that. And I think we all were, but I think he he's he's uh you know his best uh, critic. I think yep. Ronaldo, he's probably he was probably blaming himself for missing that penalty. He was probably pissed at himself <laughs> for missing it because uh, he, all he wants to do is score. All he wants right. to do is win, you know. 
Um, I did notice that the central uh, position that Ronaldo was played at, it kind of affected him a little bit because of how Milan um, st- uh, were standing on the field. Uh, as I said, they were they were defending. They were not trying to attack. They were just kind of trying to counterattack whenever they had the opportunity. So that gave them the opportunity to kind of close in Ronaldo and kind of kind of isolate him from the game. Um, I do believe Ronaldo offers uh, his best at the left. Um, I think he would. In, in that role where he picks up the ball and he tries, you know, to create something, right. I think the left suits him well because uh, usually in the left you have you have less uh, people, you have less players trying to cover you, or and that gives him the opportunity to create something. As in that central forward positioning, uh, you pretty much depend on what you're feeded. And when you grab the ball there and try to create something, you you pretty much stuck, because you have such a cluster in there that you you can't create anything unless you pass dribble somebody and then you create something out of that. But yeah, I I do believe this was probably his worst game with the Juventus shirt. Uh, I do believe he's coming back. He has proven us uh, one time after another that. He, He's an incredible player. He wants to win, and he's he's not gonna he's not gonna you know uh, settle with this. He's gonna come back. He's gonna try to become better. He's probably gonna study why he didn't do well. He's probably gonna do something to fix it. Um, so I'm not too concerned with him. Um, I know he's gonna bring us back. He he's gonna score goals. He's gonna continue uh, to do that. Um, one thing about the attack that, um, and you kind of mentioned this when you when you say Pjanic is not really an option for Metzala, and I kind of noticed that yesterday when when we uh, we were pressing so hard and Bentancur moving forward and moving back, Pjanic would not do that role pretty very well. Yeah. Um, what we would see. Of Pjanic as a Metzala would be something similar to what we see with Kedira. Uh, he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have the legs. He maybe he's better at shooting, but uh, he just doesn't have the legs to go to the front and then run back whenever we have a counter attack. I think the the only midfielder that is cap- capable of doing that efficiently is Bentancur because Matuidi can go go forward and go back but he doesn't have the technical qualities to to create a goal opportunity or to even score so i think pianic best role as hard as it sounds is that regista there is i agree and if he's not doing well there i think he has to go yeah we need to sell him while he has some value try to get somebody to play the regista role, and, and if we don't get somebody to play the regista role, we need to get somebody to play the Metzala role and move Mentanko to the regista role. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I think, uh, I know a lot of people like to give sorry shit, but I mean, his style is pretty simple. Like, you you need players like that once you lose the ball, and like he's using the Metzala as like obviously the guys that get up into the offensive phase and make runs 
But once you lose the ball, he also wants you, you need the pace and the energy to go and win the ball quickly, right? Cluster towards where the ball is. Whoever's the nearest kind of chokes out whoever's on the ball, and that's how you're winning the ball back. So that's kind of his style, right? So if you have a guy like Pjanic who's really not moving, and I mean, maybe it's just because he's sitting in that regista and that's what he's being asked for, but I don't really see it. Um, the only thing, again, with the attack that I'm worried about is because Higuain is injured and he's kind of our number nine player, where do we kind of move forward? How do we kind of organize that front, uh, Felix? How would you see us organize it with us not knowing when Higuain's going to come back? So that means we're not going to have a necessarily a number nine. Obviously, we have a youth player, but I don't see him getting any time with, with Sarri's kind of stubborn ways. So my my thoughts are, if if we can play Dybala as a false nine and just kind of give uh, Ronaldo that left side, and whenever we see the opportunity where you see that the that the middle is getting a little bit less attention because Ronaldo is at at the left, and you you see that the opposition uh, moving towards uh, Ronaldo and covering him, I think we should stick to that. Uh, first, that keeps Dybala in the middle, which is a crafty player that can dribble past any midfielder and try to create an opportunity out of that. Um, and that still kind of gives him the opportunity to profile with his left foot if it's in the middle, you know. Um, and Ronaldo being in the left, I mean, he can still create because he has more space. But in the event that we have... Dybala dribble past some guys and move to the left. And you can see Ronaldo can probably go to the area and probably set up for a cross, you know? I think that's what we need to do because otherwise, if, if we just put Ronaldo in the middle, I think teams are going to get that pretty quickly. They're going to yeah. stick... They're going to stick gonna a, a midfielder. Yeah, they're going to stick a midfielder to Ronaldo and then the central defenders to him. So it's going to leave him out of the game. So that's that's what I think we should do while Iguain is out. Um, I'm not thinking. I'm not saying that this is uh, the way to go or this is uh, what's going to work. But I think that's something that it, it needs to be uh, worked on. Uh, if if you do that too, you can have uh, Douglas Costa at the right. So that makes him profile as well. You know, he can profile with that left foot and shoot. So you basically have three players that are actually profiled to shoot instead of crossing. So I think that's uh, one way to look at it. Yeah, and I think I think what we got to understand too is I, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's Ronaldo is coming come back stronger and faster." I mean, he is getting older, and I I am starting to notice that you know he's not as fast. I mean, if you look at some of his Real Madrid videos of him blazing by players i don't think we're necessarily going to get that out of him um and i don't know like i said if he just quit on that one ball or what but it would look it looked like he was going in slow motion compared to that defender and um so again we'll see what happens in the next game but i definitely do think i mean it's it would be kind of stupid to say that you know as a player gets older he's not losing a little bit of whatever pace or strength or whatever it is i mean obviously he's one of the best players in the world but again uh 
the uh, time is the greatest. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, uh, it's definitely gonna, it's definitely gonna start aging him as his his, his body's gonna be taking a toll more and more. So uh, I'm not surprised with that. Let's get into uh, the live player ratings now. Um, Buffon, I don't think he had to do anything during the game. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna give him a straight seven. Um, pretty standard. I mean, nothing special. Uh, he didn't have to do anything. There was a couple chances. One went wide, and one looked like he had it covered. There was a there was a header that kind of came in uh, uh, towards him, a low header, and it didn't. It went wide anyways. But I think he would have had it either way. Um, your rating on Buffon? Um, so since he didn't really touch the ball at all. I'm just going to give him a 6.5. Um, I mean, he's, he's Buffon. I love him. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't give him anything less than that unless he made a mistake or something, but he didn't really have any presence when, when he was required, he was there. So just a, a basic one. Yeah. For him. How about Alexandro? So Alexandro, I want to, I want to give him a seven. Uh, he did pretty well, uh, maybe 7.5, you know, not really a 7. He did pretty well in the defensive side when he was required. He went forward. He was linking up with whoever who could he could link up. I, I think this is the Alexandro that we want to see. Um, I'm really excited that he's back. I hope um, when we play lesser teams, he can get rotated a little bit, maybe try the Shigli on that side and I'm not really, you know, uh, too optimistic about the Shiglio, but I think we need to give Alexandro a rest and he, he can pay off. He's, he's good. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say seven, seven and a half as well. Um, Delict, I would say the same thing. I would say seven had a pretty, had a really good game. Um, and Bonucci, I would say, I think Bonucci was six and a half. There was a little bit of uneasiness but again all around a pretty solid game uh Danilo I think I would give him 7.5 as well um really good game from him getting a lot of tackles getting winning a lot of balls running down put placing in uh like you said probably the best cross of the game for uh, one of the best chances of the game we had um yeah and yourself Felix rounding out the defense for uh, Delic, Bonucci, and Danilo? I, I think I agree with those ratings. Uh, Danilo, probably his, one of his best um, displays with Juventus. He, it's really refreshing to know that we can count on him um, just, just because we need to give uh, Cuadrado some rest. Or some rest. Right. Um, and I think he will do good. I think uh, all he needed was some time to adjust. You could see him with that Grinta, you know, uh, going back, fighting the ball, you know, making some tackles, some fouls. I mean, that's that's what you want to see from your right back. Somebody that's not scared of, of getting the ball back. Yeah, exactly. And I think that also gives us a benefit of if, let's say, we are kind of down in a game and he is in the right back and we didn't start Cuadrado, if you need another attacking player, he can go play up top and obviously pull off a midfielder who whatever the scenario is so it gives us another option which is again something we're going to need um 
Matuidi, Pjanic, and uh, Bentancur. How did I not write Bentancur in here? <laughs> Probably because so, he's the top player. I would give Bentancur an, an eight. Uh, I'm just going to say that now. Um, and then Pjanic, I would say five and a half. And Matuidi, I would say a six and a half because he had a generally pretty good game. But anyways... <laughs> Back to you. Sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. So I think I do agree with you. Bentancur was probably the best game, the, the best player of the game. Um, he did pretty well, both as a Metzala and as a Regista. He created some chances from the back uh, as well. Um, definitely the best player on, on the field. Um, no questions asked. I mean, solid aid for him. Uh, I expect to see much more like that from him. It's very exciting to see a young player like that uh, put up performances like this against teams like Milan. So I'm pretty excited about him. As far as uh, Matuidi, uh, as I said before, I think I think he did all he does uh, to pretty much sum it up. Uh, he did pretty well getting the ball back in our attacking half. I think that was one positive from him. I think it's a positive that he can have the ability to get in the box whenever there's a cross. Um, I don't think we see that from Rabiot. I don't think we see that very often from Kedira, uh, those players. Um, so at least he's he's moving towards you know the position where where he's supposed to be as a midfielder. So I think it's a six point five is fair enough for him. Um, as far as uh, Pjanic. Um, you know, I was trying to watch the game and I was trying to be optimistic about him. Um, you know, now that we're resting and that we uh, we had the opportunity to have, have this time to prepare. But, I mean, 5.5, 6, that's, that's all I can give him. I mean, you would see in occasions where we that he would lose the ball, he would uh, just pass to the wrong side. And, and, and we were not... Uh, you know, Milan didn't take advantage of that because where he did it, it was more towards the attacking half. Yeah. But if we were playing another team that was uh, standing more to our attack, to their attacking half, that would have been a bad thing. Because I mean, losing the ball back there like that, it, it's not healthy. Um, so thankfully, we didn't have you know Pjanic lose those balls. Um, in, in dangerous areas, but nothing more. He didn't really try much. I think he had like one good run where he pushed forward and kind of passed the ball to the front, but not really much from him. And in, in defense, I saw him. He didn't do very well. Uh, he got a yellow card, some clumsy fouls. You know, like it, it's pretty pretty lacking in defense from a regista. You, you're expecting more from him, but yeah, five point five and six. I, I think that's pretty much the area where Pjanic's ratings are. Yeah, I think um, I think like you said it too. When you when Milan did attack, they did look they looked more dangerous than us because obviously they were countering us and they were just throwing anyone up there. Once they were going, everyone was going. So there were some moments where you were like, "Okay, guys, be careful." Like I know we have the. I know we have the man advantage, but um, just relax. Like, stop making it too uh, easy for them to 
to come down and, and score one. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, what about Dybala, Ronaldo, and Douglas Costa? So, uh, let me start with Ronaldo. Pretty pretty much a really bad um, display from him. I, w- I want to give him a 5, 5.5. Uh, I don't think this is the Ronaldo we're paying for, but, you know, it's just one game. Um, he could should have scored that penalty. Uh, there's some people that are saying that Donnarumma, uh, he actually touched the ball, but I don't know if that's true, and I don't know if he deviated a little bit. Uh, I mean, it was inches away from being yeah. a perfect penalty. Uh, we can't blame Ronaldo for an inch, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, as far as the other stuff, not running enough, not being in the right place, uh, trying to create when Dybala was trying to create, uh, that kind of slowed us down a little bit. Um, I don't think he understood what his role was when Dybala had the ball, and that's well, that's a negative thing, but hopefully he'll come back. Yep. Um, as far as uh, Douglas Costa, I think he did well. Uh, I would give him a 6.5. He he tried. Um, he, it's not really, you know, his typical role in the left, but he adjusted pretty well. He lost a couple balls that he shouldn't have. But then again, when you have those crafty players, they, they, they try to create something out of nowhere or, or out of nothing. I mean, you, you got to live with that they're going to lose a couple of balls. A um, couple of good crosses. Uh, Should have scored early in the game. Uh, but, you know, uh, three months. We haven't played for three months. So let's, yep. I don't think we should be too hard on him. Also, he was came, coming from an injury. I'm right. glad that he's healthy. Uh, ho- hopefully, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was good to see him there and, and make some, you know, scrappy plays. And, and you know, uh, as far as Dybala goes, I think he had a, a good game. Uh, it was more like a workhorse kind of game where he takes the ball and tries tries to create. He drops back to the defense to get the ball and kind of drive it to the front. Again, you know, trying to cover for for other deficiencies that we have. Right. Um, and, and I think that's a, a very positive thing. I would give him a 6.5 or 7 around that area, maybe a little bit more, just because of his effort and trying to keep the, the team right. on the game. He shot a couple of times, too. He created something out of nowhere. I mean, he was all over the place. Um, he, he seemed to be worried about the team you you can see that grinta from a player when when they when they you know they're thinking oh if this team scores we're out you can see Dybala running from the front just yeah. trying to mark a guy all the way to the defense and that's that's what we want to see we don't want to see players that are just you know trying to score goals and, and not help in, in defense what they're supposed to um so i think for that effort and for that you know giving everything out there, I think I would give him a 6.5 or 7. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, the one thing that I just thought of, actually, in terms of, you know, the midfield, though, before I get on to my next two, um, you know, what's what's weird is, like you said, it Milan didn't really, they just sat back because they knew the pressure was going to come on. But the reason why I don't like playing Pjanic as well uh, in, Reg, in a Regista role is because Essentially, what they can do is they can just put their midfielder on top of them and pressure the hell out of them, which has happened in multiple games in the first part of the season and even last year with Allegri. 
that's why I always like to have two guys that are very technical but also can move very quickly because then they can't just throw if they throw two guys out there well then you can really take advantage of them out wide because you know or you can bring in Dybala to kind of play quickly where you know it's not worth marking man marking two midfielders because then obviously that's going to give more space for your forwards as well and your wingers um that's something that hopefully we're going to have to look into. So that's another thing. Like you said, Dybala, he had lots of chances. He was working hard. Six and a half is deserved. Douglas Costa, I think he did really well. And it's funny, in Sari's post-match comments, he even said that he was scared that he would get injured. So that's why he <laughs> pulled Douglas Costa off. I think I would give him a seven. He was working really hard. He was um, He was doing really well on the wing. Ronaldo, this is going to be a motivational. I'm kind of more of like extremes. I'm very lenient and I'm very hard. So I'm going to give him a 1 out of 10 and hopefully that motivates him to be a 10 out of 10 next game. Um, I just noticed that, you know, the penalty, I'm not going to fault him. I know um, it's been a while since we've played and maybe his shooting is, I mean, obviously you can do as much in the gym as you want, but kicking a ball is another thing. Um and then I just noticed some moments where he really lacked, where he chested a ball and he just let it go. Uh, he wasn't really running on the one play. Some other things where he could have made some decisions unselfish to drop the ball off to Dybala or to whoever else. So we'll just give him that. Um, we'll look at the subs now. Cuadrado, I don't think we should really rate. He only had about eight minutes. I still think he did a decent job, maybe like a six, six and a half rating worth, but... Kadira, like two or three, in my opinion, needs to go 100%, no doubt in my mind. Let's use them whatever we can, but whatever. Uh, Bernardeschi, I would say about five, nothing great. Some decent things he did, some also some horrible things he did. Rabio, I'd say four and a half. He didn't really impress me at all made us I don't know what he was doing in the box didn't seem like he was his head was really there and that's really all for me what about you Felix so let me start with Kavita because I was really upset to see him there and and when he got in the pitch it was instantly 10 versus 10 um you see how how you used your extreme rating on Ronaldo I'm gonna <laughs> use it on him um and not not because I, I don't like him as a player, but because that's all he's got. That's all he's going to offer. We can't expect more expect more than him. He's a, he's a very smart player, but there's no way for him to to come back from what he's showing right now. It's, it's just his body doesn't offer what he's needed from him. So, yeah, I think your, your rating is good with Cadita. Um, as far as uh, Cuadrado, yeah, he didn't play too much, but what I saw was positive things, too. Uh, he was able to move forward. Uh, he basically did what probably Sarri asking for, was to hold the ball and try to create a chance and, and kind of score while Milan was up front. Um, I, I think he did. He created a, he created a chance. He shot one. Um, and then again, it kind of gives you, you know, a good idea of what he can offer up front and, and not only play as a right back, but also as a forward. Um, 
So yeah, I think a six would be okay because he he did better than most of the other uh, guys out there that were right. subbed in. <laughs> as far as Bernadeschi, you know, I'm a Bernadeschi lover. Uh, oh, okay, there I, you go. I, I kind of have faith on him and all that, but um, it seems like he's missing that um, last touch or that last decision that he needs to make. Uh, you would see that he was very good by dribbling some guys. He would he would cut in to the field, but after that, uh, th- there was nothing more. It was more like uh, creating space, uh, trying to hold off the ball. So 5.5, I think it's decent for him. Um, as far as Krabio, um, uh, didn't really get to see him that much trying to do a whole lot. He was, you know, doing the usual Rabio uh, performance, um, trying to move, but kind of like, you know, looks he looks heavy. He looks uh, a little bit uh, not stupid, but, you know, kind of slow on controlling right. the ball. Sometimes you feel like somebody passes him the ball, he's just going to touch it too hard and it's going to go away from him. Uh, it doesn't seem like he uses his right foot well. He's just all left. I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, left midfielders, but that's just me. Um, but even so, he I don't I didn't see any anything special from him, so I'm just going to give him a five. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think what I actually what I would like to see, because it seemed like um, I think what Sari was trying to do is give those guys kind of a run out. And that's why he did the three and maybe he got a little carried away with the subs. But I would have actually liked to have seen Bernardeschi sub off Ronaldo and him go into like the right wing position and see how he would have fared there. And um, obviously, again, he was scared about Douglas Costa. So that's why he took him off. But I would have loved to have seen Douglas Costa, Dybala as a false nine and Bernardeschi as a right winger. And I think that would have been kind of something interesting to see. Obviously, we're not going to be able to, but uh, maybe we see something like that in the future. But something where Ronaldo's not having a very good game, so really, if you take him off, sure, you're doing, you're risking a little bit. I can understand why you wouldn't want to, but I don't know. We were at the zero zero. It didn't see. They had a red card. It's not like necessarily we were too spent on losing the game, right? So. I don't know. That that's just my thoughts on that. Um, let's get into some post-match comments. Obviously, I mentioned he said that um, uh, that he wanted to. Some people asked him about Pjanic as a mezzala, and uh, he said he's definitely thought about it, but he thinks it's a mistake. I would have to agree with him on that one. I would assume you as well, Felix. Yeah, I I think he. We all agree with Sarri on that one. I do think he can try him there um, against a lesser team, you know, somebody, some other team that just goes to the back and just waits for us to attack. I think we can we can try him there. If it doesn't work, just sub him off. But as I said, and, and as you mentioned, where are the legs? Where, where, right. Where's the ability to, to to recover the ball? There, there's no ability there. There's, as I said, I mean, Regista is probably his best role, and he's not even doing yeah. good there. So, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, he's also mentioned that, and I think he's on live TV, he said he fucked up the subs, which was kind of <laughs> funny. Um, and he got carried away with the five subs and how we're supposed, obviously you can do five subs, but they have to be over uh, three different times, uh, like the original three. Um, so he said that. He said he was also satisfied with the opening 30 minutes, like we've talked about, totally dominated. Um, he did ask Cristiano um, to be um, in a more central role, and he and he seemed that he was. He said that he was pleased with that. Obviously, Cristiano was. Um, and he also mentioned he doesn't think playing him a few meters one way or another is going to make a huge difference. I have to disagree on, and I think we we both kind of disagree on that. And I think he definitely does need to stay on his left side. They can just kind of jam up the center, and then you're kind of looking for some quickness and I don't really necessarily see him being the type of player where he's, you know, beating up six guys at once and, and scoring. So I, I definitely think he needs the space out wide. And I think you touched about, and then again, sorry, I did say he subbed out Douglas Costa because out of the fear of energy of injury, but he thought he was one of the sharpest players. And I have to agree with him on that. And, uh, yeah, just uh, wrap up on his comments, Felix. Yeah, so I, I think uh, Ronaldo, as a, you know, as a center forward in, in Spain, that worked worked out pretty well because defense in Spain right. were more spread out. Same at Champions League. You have teams that they want to win games. You know, they want to go through. They want to make – they want to create opportunities. They want to uh, score goals. But in Italy, you're probably not going to get away with that where you get somebody that marks you the entire game and they just know what's going to happen and the defense is just sticking to you. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, he needs to stick to that to that left side. I think that's where he creates more. Uh, I think that's – I mean, he's, he scored how many goals? 20-plus goals this season playing there. Why, why would we need to – move him from there. Right. Uh, well, I understand that Higuain is not playing because he's injured, but just just try to balance false nine and just give Ronaldo that liberty of dribbling some guys. He can even offer crosses with his right. left foot on that side. So just give him that, that opportunity again. And I think Sarri is going to realize pretty soon that that's not what Ronaldo yeah. is for. Yeah, and especially, I mean, if you want to give him the freedom to move around where he wants to, but still kind of staying on the left-hand side, uh, if he's got to go to the right, whatever, that's fine. But, yeah, I agree. It's uh, You definitely don't want to jam him up in the center because teams are just too gifted, I think, uh, at least in Italy, my opinion, too gifted with tactics, and they know where they know how teams are going to play. And... Uh, they really find out who you are and they just go out and where I find in other leagues, they just beat you with raw strength or raw attack and they just overpower you in Serie A. It's more of a, a finessed game. So uh, let's look forward though to our next game, uh, the Coppa Italia final on June 17th at the Stadio Olimpico in Roma. Um, who are you looking for? Obviously there's a game today at one on uh, my time. Um, Napoli and Merda. Napoli has the one uh, nothing advantage going home, actually. And um, who would you prefer to see out of that, uh, out of those two, if you had to choose? Well, I don't really mind 
who we play. I do think uh, beating Merida would be um, more satisfying. Again, beating Napoli is also a really big deal for me. Um, we have Merida down here, and then you have Napoli. Um, but, you know, this last season, Napoli has been the toughest team of the two for us. So uh, we don't know. It's just one game, and, and you know, right. Napoli can be playing like trash, and then they come back, and they just look like they're a world-class team. Um I, with with Merda, you know what to expect. You know that right. Conte is coming with a three-five-two, um, and you know with our four-three-three, I think we have the advantage against him uh, because of the way Conte uh, steps up at the at the at the field. Um, but yeah, not not really rooting for for Napoli or Merda in this game. I don't care what happens. We I'm just happy to be in the final and. And we'll play whoever we have to play. We we need to beat whoever wins this game, or for us to lift that cup. So, yeah, and um, just remembering back, uh, we lost to Napoli, obviously on the road in the second game, two um, one. And were we winning that? Game? No, we weren't winning that game. We were actually down two nothing in that game. Um, yeah. So they played us really hard, and they usually play us pretty hard in the finals. Uh, we've had some pretty close Coppa Italias and obviously uh, Supercopas as well. So I think, obviously, the prospect of beating Merda would be awesome. But then, obviously, the prospect of losing that game would be pretty, uh, you know, giving them the chance of winning a trophy after so long. Like, they haven't won a trophy in... Well, there's a Twitter page. You can... It'll, he'll tell you how many days that, that Inter has won a trophy for. But, um, so, yeah, I would probably say Napoli um, just because uh, I want to continue that streak. But, again, it doesn't really matter to me. I think, I think like you said, it's going to be a one. we got to get through these. These uh, I think this is going to be good because there's going to be a whole bunch of one-legged games that we need to, like, drop this mentality we have. And... Um, I think it's going to be good for us a learning curve. Hopefully, we can be on the better side, the the winning side of these one-legged affairs that seem to nag us so many times. Um, let's get into some questions. Obviously, um, from the the viewers, uh, someone sent in. Does anyone ever want to see Kadir subbed on again? I would say no. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. I think we've yeah. talked about it. Yeah, I think we've talked about Kedira enough. I, it's disappointing. It's, it's. I think it's a little embarrassing for him. He know he probably knows that he's not doing well, but he he's never gonna say it. He's a very you know very decent guy. We gotta say that he's very respectful of the team and and all that. But it's just not there, man. It's yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to play him again more anyways just because of all these games coming up. So, really, at the end of the day, um, a lot of these questions, now that I'm looking back, we've answered a lot of them. Uh, CR7 central role, self-explanatory. I think we should be on the left wing. Um, does Dybala play too deep at times, leaving an empty box? And I think that's kind of something that we touched on as well with the uh, just him being... And I think it wasn't just being that he was too deep. I think it was he was too wide today, and he was kind of coming to come back and in and around. So obviously there were some counterattack moments where he was able to run up 
and play, but there wasn't really any. He wasn't buzzing around the box as much as I would have liked. Um, best performance, worst performance, I'd have to say Benton Coor. Worst, I would have to be Ronaldo. I think you would agree. Maybe Kadir was worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then subs, subs we've talked about. I think, I think, I think it was like I said for Saudi. I think they he wanted to give them the playing time. Um, he was kind of maybe a little bit confused with how the format, this format is going to be, how he wants to make subs because now we do have five, so that's going to be a strategic thing in the future, uh, depending on what happens in certain games, who gets hurt. It even looked like Delic got hurt uh, today or yesterday, mm-hmm. excuse me, and um, that kind of worried the crap out of me because <laughs> we can't lose these big name guys, not at this moment. So, yeah, when he got hurt, all I was thinking was, "Oh my God, if this guy has to come out, we'll have to play Rugani and Monushi together." And, and they're kind of of the same breed, you know. Rugani is is he's somewhat of a good passer, I guess, good controlling the ball in the back, but when it comes down to defense uh, and, and, and you know, losing your player and, and you know, leaving chances to the other team, they're pretty much the same breed. So <laughs> they kind of worried me a little bit. Yeah, I know it's... Um, I, I actually didn't mind the last time Rugani played. Um, I thought he did decent. I mean... Again, it's more of, I think, just someone that you have on the bench that, you know, you can rely on in certain situations. Obviously, he's, he's looked bad in a lot of situations, but I found with Allegri, he wasn't given enough games. Like, Allegri didn't really cycle through a lot of guys, and I find that, you know, some people were even making the argument with Marquisio saying, well, he played him out this amount of games. Yeah, but if you're not getting that consistent playing time, you can't really get back into form, and when you're throwing in for 20 minutes well what is that going to do for you right so uh yeah no i definitely think uh, there's a lot to learn from this uh game there's a lot of positive to move forward obviously it's not the, like a lot of people were thinking oh we're playing just as bad as before guys calma calma like we <laughs> have a lot of games to go and um i think there's a lot like i said a lot of learning points a lot of positives we can take from this game Again, we move on, so it's not like we're out. And, um, yeah, all to do in the final. Let's see what happens. Um, so let's move on to some more. Let's, we're going to talk about some nostalgia now. I know you told me the segment Allo Stadio or at Torino you haven't been, unfortunately. But, you know, we hope to see you there in the future. Um, I was actually thinking, uh, hoping to maybe even do like a try and make some some trip out of uh, maybe not next year or in a couple of years, but, you know, get a lot of the WhatsApp fans and the friends on WhatsApp and some other bigger names and do kind of a, a meetup to go see a Juventus game. So that's all to be said in the future. But um, for you, Felix, you know, just give us some of your uh, most memorable Juve moments, if you can. I like, to, I like the nostalgia. So I like the thinking of our past because we've had such a wonderful history. A lot of great moments. So, kind of something. What stick? What sticks out to you? So, as I mentioned before, I, I kind of started uh, following and studying the history of Juventus at, at tough times. You know, uh, we were, you know, where we were back in uh, 2006, um, and then going back and going to Serie B, 
and then coming back to Serie A. But, you know, when we came back, we weren't exactly where we left off. Right. Um, you know, we went back to Europe, but not really, you know, having a lot of influence or hopes. Uh, and then a couple of seventh uh, places that were absolutely disgusting. Uh, I was bullied in school because I was, you know, the only Juventus fan. And they were like, you know, fans, Real Madrid fans. And they were like, why do you follow this team? And I'm like, it is my team. It's, it's my heart. And I, that's what I follow. But I do remember uh, feeling a lot of joy uh, when in that first game at UJ Stadium. Uh, against Parma, that four to one game, that was absolutely amazing because it felt like a rebirth, you know. Yeah. Uh, it felt like I was gonna be finally living uh, what what we had lived before that uh, period of time that we were just um, not as good as we are now. It was like, okay, there is hope. We have a home now. We have a coach that knows what he's doing. We have the players now. Let's do it. Uh, so for me, uh, that that game was special. I remember it was a sunny Sunday morning. It, it, it was it was beautiful. Um, uh, just the sun in the stadium. I can remember today. I can remember uh, Pirlo with those yeah. passes. Marquise um, scores. Vidal scores. And, and so like nobody, you know, nobody scored twice, but we have four different players that scored. So that was, that was kind of nice. Um, unfortunately, Yovinko had to come in and, and damage the mood, but <laughs> with that penalty score, but um, definitely that was one of the moments. And then the, the other moment that I remember with a lot of joy was um, when we beat Cagliari to secure our Scudetto in 2011-2012 season. And that was special. I, I remember that night, um, watching the game. I, when we won that game, I just took off my shirt and went out running around the entire neighborhood. I was screaming. I was like crazy. Uh, and people were like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Like what happened? And nobody would understand. And my dad would understand a little bit because, you know, he, he was, a you know, kind of like a fan, but not really. Yeah. He was happy, you know, but not as I was happy because I really understood what it meant. Um, so, yeah. Those two moments, I would say, those are the ones that are still in my heart where I can go back and, and you know, feel happy about it. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting 10, 11, 12th uh, season, excuse me, because uh, I had just recently witnessed uh, my favorite, or it would have been that same year, actually, the same year my favorite hockey team actually won the Stanley Cup as well. So they, they won their first championship after so long. So it was just, it was an incredible, like, it, that was my, I would say my 18th birthday, actually, 18th year. So it was just, honestly, it was an incredible, like, whole summer and, like, spring. And actually, they actually had one of the TV, one of the, like, ma or I guess smaller sports channels had all of the, the uh, rights. So I pretty much watched every game on television wow. for, which was, like, the one of the first times in a long time. Because, again, like I said, there was so much turbulence one channel would get it some would show uh but yeah no that first game was unbelievable and even you know licksteiner the uh, the getting the first goal um oh with a nice uh 
a nice little chip there from Pirlo was uh, was uh, was amazing, and it just seemed like it didn't seem I didn't I wouldn't I couldn't say that I thought we were gonna win that year, but just the way we had opened a four-one victory, it seemed like well, this looks really promising, and we're headed in the right direction. So, and then yeah, in, against Cagliari, that was awesome, and. They even showed the, you know, usually they don't show the trophy ceremony, but that year on that channel, they actually had allocated time for it, which was really awesome because, you know, after so long and uh, not having to fidget with the computer and like going to find some link that had uh, the Italian channels uh, back in Italy, Sky or whoever was showing it to watch the trophy presentation. But, um, yeah, that was an unbelievable. I, I I go I think about that a long t- a lot, Felix, because you know after the last couple of years it was kind of rough uh, with the fans, and I found that in those seasons like eleven, twelve, obviously twelve, thirteen, and so on, it was very positive from a lot of the fans and on Twitter, and everyone was kind of like, it was kind of like we didn't know what we were we were all kind of new to it again because it was like a rebirth. So everyone was like pumped for it. So, no, I definitely think back to those years a lot, and um, it was definitely a hell of a ride. And I mean, who knows? Hopefully, we can um, we can hit the treble or whatever. Like uh, it's still early, but you know, let's hope, let's dream that we can move forward and uh, hopefully see lift some uh, a lot of trophies this year. So yeah, um, now obviously. Uh, it was an awesome podcast. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you reaching out. Again, guys, don't hesitate to message me on WhatsApp, Twitter, wherever. Uh, if you guys want to come on, I have a, I kind of have a preliminary idea of what's going to be happening next. I'm going to need someone for a preview for the Coppa Italia final. I'm going to need someone for the post-match. So get at, drop me a line, and uh, we'll get that set up. Um, and again, it's pretty easy over Skype, so uh, should be no should be available for most people. Um, then just some closing things. Obviously, the business end of it. Um, obviously, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Juventinita D A L, and Instagram, um, don't really use it too much, but um, you know, hopefully, getting some. Uh, I have some photo editing software, so I might be trying my hand at that in uh, in a little bit, but. Um, yeah, obviously, podcast is on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Hit up those platforms. I'm gonna. I don't know why Google po- Google Podcast didn't work. I'm gonna have to look into that. I'm not sure if anyone does want it on that, but I'll definitely look into it for you guys. Um, and yeah, just keep your eye on uh, on Twitter or WhatsApp. I'll definitely post it whenever this is going to be available and whenever the subsequent podcasts are available. And um, yeah, till then, uh, stay tuned. We'll see you guys soon. As always, fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Ciao. Ciao.